mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Yo, what's good, everybody? This is Jay and Jimmy on Unfair, where we take a pensive approach to the sports conversation. We can be found with our partners at WMQGRadio.com and Newt Eastern, and wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to. So make sure you rate us and review us, and give us five stars. You think we deserve it? Just give us five anyway. Gifted. So, what we're going to talk about today is we got to find out who's to blame in New England, the hell is still wrong with the Cowboys, but we may have some optimism for a few of you. <laughs> Who can we blame in the Ravens? Jimmy has some NBA free agents to talk about. Yes. A fun $7 challenge by Jay. We're going to figure out whose team's got what backup quarterback. And then there was an attempted chain snatching. <laughs> Make sure you all hit us up on the Unfair Fan Line, 430-901-1906. Again, 430-901-1906. Leave us a message. You can end up on the show. So with that, let's go ahead and get started. Yo, Jay, anytime you say chain snatching, people start wondering where Akeem Tlaib is. <laughs> right? Right. I think he's like the um, he is like the godfather of chain snatching that we've seen. Yes, he is. He made it an art form. He, 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 well, do you think he was the originator of this? I mean, as far as on the field in the NFL, yes. And we've seen, like, visibly. I have to actually yes. do some research and see if is there's still, actually some past folks doing it. Is he still playing, actually? That's a good question. I'm not sure if he's still in the league. We may have to play a game of, is he still <laughs> right. in the league one day? Yeah. Is he still in the league? <laughs> uh, I know that's a big one for Bo. It's hilarious. <laughs> Always trying to figure out what people are still around and who yeah. isn't. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we're going to have to check that yeah. out, though. So, with that... Jay, Master J, how was your weekend? It was a good weekend, you know. Dudes had a soccer game Sunday. I was cutting up trees because, you know, as you can see by my yard, it was a very uh, eventful um, ice storm hit in Oklahoma. Yes. And and as on my solo, I kind of talked about what held us up last week. Ice storm throughout Oklahoma in October for the first time, I think, ever. Uh-huh. We've never hit degrees that low that quickly. And now we're in the 70s. So <laughs> I do expect to have a sinus infection by the end of this week mm-hmm. uh, with the temperatures flowing like this and uh, especially working in the yard. But it's been a crazy uh, – it was a good football weekend, though. You know, NFL it was, it was. was entertaining. It we was. had some uh, solid top matchups with unexpected outcomes, uh-huh. and especially based upon what Vegas had predicted. And in college football was – not too bad, even though I've seen some COVID-related stories that are making me even more worrisome. But football's back. Uh, the NBA is trying to figure out their lives, and hell, I don't know. So yeah, that's a good summation. Show over. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> We're done. But hey, before hey, we do that, we appreciate y'all joining us as usual here. <laughs> but before we end the show, let's get into a little more detail, at least in the world of the NFL. Let's go to New England, Jay. So, you know, one of the things that we love in the NFL is whenever we can get team two teams that are desperate, 
for victory, especially when they play in the same division. And that's exactly what we saw in New England, where you had the Bills going to the Patriots, the Bills desperate for a victory. Their season had kind of gone off the rails somewhat, and the Patriots' season had never truly gotten quite on the rails as they had been hoping. So in this game, the Patriots do lose, unless you saw this. Um, they lost 24-21 to 21, uh, on a – and the victory was sealed by – the Bills on a Cam Newton fourth quarter fumble. It's incredibly untimely. You hate to see. I it. hate to say uncharacteristic for him, but I can't quite say that. So the Patriots fall to two and five. They're number three in the AFC East, only better than the horrible, expletive, terrible, no adjective. good, very bad day. Yep, New York Jets who are zero and eight. So Jay, with this two and five start for the Patriots, and with three, actually I believe they've lost four games in a row. Yes. Who in New England is to blame for this? So there is a lot of blame to go around mm-hmm. in this scenario. Like I said, a lot of blame to go around, but I give the majority of the blame to mm-hmm. Bill Belichick. This is something that we have talked about for the last few years of a problem in New England, a lack of talent. They have zero talent on the offensive side. That's now even healthy. Like, who do they have as receivers? Who do they have in the backfield outside of the standard of Burkhead and James White? Who I don't even think White even played in this game. I don't recall seeing him get a carry. Um, They're depleted on that side. And Bill Barnwell did a – fantastic breakdown of what's going on in new England uh, on ESPN. And he kind of talked about what's going wrong based upon who's on the team. Like they had a retirement. They got three players that opted out Marcus Cannon, Patrick Chung, Mm -hmm. and then Dante Hightower. So your safety, your key safety, your key linebacker has opted out injuries. um, They traded, of course, Gronk and Deron Harmon. And then they've had a whole bunch of people cut and gone from that. Kyle Van is gone. Um, Elandon Roberts, like the list goes on on players that they need to have to help them. And this is why most of the blame goes to Belichick. Have you seen how atrocious of a draft this dude has had in his career as his coach? He's been bad, especially the first three rounds. Terrible. And now I understand why the Patriots always, more times than not, trade their first round draft pick for a proven player. Because mm-hmm. Belichick knows that he's really bad at evaluating talent. At that, at that, in the first round, because I don't think they have a first rounder that is still really on the team that's actually doing something. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's where the start goes. Now, from there, that fumble, of course, was Cam's fault, but it's kind of hard to be the entire offense like Cam was in Carolina when you have no one to really get the ball to. Who do you think really is to blame in your eyes? Uh, Well, I think you are 100% right with everything that you said, except for who the majority of the blame falls on. I think the majority of the blame falls on Cam. Okay. I'm putting it on Cam because he has six turnovers in these last three games. When you're the quarterback, when you're at the top spot, the one who takes all the credit, you're going to take the majority of the blame when you're turning the ball over and your team is losing. This game yesterday, they were in position to win that game. They should have won that game. At home, down three points, you're driving the ball down the field, and you make one of two types of turnovers at a quarterback in that situation. Matter of fact, that's the number one type of turnover you cannot make in that situation of fumble because it's a situation in which your team does not have a chance. Your offense has no chance. When you throw the ball, if you throw an interception, 
you would say at least there's somewhat of a chance your receiver had to make a play. And they were getting to that point in the game where he needed to throw the ball and try to make a play with his arm instead of his legs, which is how this fumble happened. So I think that's a big part of the reason why. To me, his history works against him too as far as why I'm blaming him because he's an MVP. I don't believe in such things as a former MVP or a former Heisman Trophy winner. Once you've won that, you are always going to be that. No one can ever take that away from you, and that's the standard by which you will be judged. So I still see Cam Newton as an MVP quarterback. So to see how atrocious he's played in these last three games compared to the Cam that we know he can be. Now, obviously, I didn't expect him to completely be that, but to be close to that, if I watched all of his IG videos as far as what he said he was going to do, and how in shape he was and how much people who appreciate his game want him to be successful, such as myself, then when it looks like this over these last three games, despite the fact that he had COVID, if you're out there, you can play, you're ready to go. I have to blame him for the majority of that. And you're right. There is little to nothing to work with on offense. There really isn't. No run game. Julian Edelman was on one leg. Now he's got a knee procedure that he's had. Probably not going to play the rest of the season. The offensive line, no one can name any of their offensive linemen. I get all that. But I think it was his MVP season, right? He thrived when he had very little on the offensive side that people could term as elite. I don't remember any elite players during that MVP season, unless Steve Smith was still on the still on the roster. But I remember he lost his number one wide receiver, Kelvin Benjamin, right? Yep. And, and thrived thereafter. So I've seen him do that before in a situation such as this. So when I combine all of that together, I cannot let him off the hook because he has not been able to measure up to the player that we know he can be. And him fumbling this ball yesterday, fumbling the franchise, fumbling the bag, fumbling in a sense his reputation that he can still be that player, I have to put that on him more than anybody else in that organization. Only thing that I can rebut on what you just said mm-hmm. is um, the injury portion of it, him coming back from COVID. Mm-hmm. We know players come back, even though that they come back to play, never means that they're actually ready to play. Football, and me and my buddy talked about this earlier today, actually, and this is kind of like, the, it's, it goes in kind of the toxic masculinity view behind yeah. sports, yeah. is in football, you're conditioned to play hurt at all times. If players can... Hence why the concussion situation in CTE came up mm. in, in over the last few years is players would have concussions and they would go back on the field knowing that they're, they're disoriented and they have no clue what's happening on the field. But guess what? They're out there and they're going to run in circles and hit somebody <laughs> and almost to the fact that they will kill themselves. We, we, we have conditioned these people to think that no matter what, you have to be on the field. And if you are hurt, I don't care if you have a broken limb. Hell, Ronnie Locke got his finger cut off. Mm. To go back on the field um, in a situation where he technically needed to have surgery that was going to keep him out for a couple of weeks Mm -hmm. in order to really use his hand right. I mean, that could have been a nerve. That could have took out his entire right arm. But guess what? They're conditioned to keep playing. So with the COVID piece, um, I don't use that as an excuse for him. But at the same time, based upon some of the the statements by people that have had it Mm -hmm. and and people that have dealt with it, The big thing you run into is that foggy feeling like you can't focus, you can't concentrate. And it honestly looks like he's a little disheveled based upon the play. Mm-hmm. Um, I've talked about it on my solo Zeke Elliott, when he took that hit against Washington, uh, that linebacker leveled him and hit the quarterback and hit Andy Dalton. It looked like he didn't know what the play was. Remember he had COVID too. So it looked like he uh, was kind of confused what was actually happening mm-hmm. because that was the one thing, the top selling point on Zeke being drafted so high is, He's ready to take blocks. He's ready to block because he is a blocking running back. So that, that's my only thought behind that is, is the injury clause piece behind it. But 
I can see, I can get with you when it comes to blaming Cam on uh, on a lot of portions. But it, I, to me, it's really tough for a quarterback to produce this. And, and that's the reason why he ran the ball at the end is because, just like Tom Brady, he mm-hmm. didn't trust his receivers. Why throw it to guys that you really don't believe are going to catch it like they're supposed to when they ain't caught it over the last few weeks? Mm-hmm. I've seen some of Cam's passes. They've been bad, but I've also seen a lot of drops. You know, I'm a Cam Newton fan. I really am. I don't like some of his antics. He's a little strange in certain ways, but I can bypass that. He's about the player on the field. And I think that, I mean, looking at him long term, I think that as long as he's able to stay healthy and finish this season, then since this is just a one-year deal worth no money whatsoever, but that's kind of the point. It's not about the money. Yep. That hopefully he can still put himself in a position to maybe go to a franchise that's obviously in rebuild mode but don't does not want to admit that and will not admit that. Well, and still, you know, be somewhat <laughs> close to the quarterback he can be. Because, I mean, this situation sucks. On the outside looking in, yes, who wouldn't want to join a franchise that's won six Super Bowls over the last two decades? Um with a, a genius head coach, as people say, and as it seems to be. But going into this, uh, I mean, obviously this looks like the best situation and the worst situation for him. I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel for the Patriots, but that may be the point of their season, to be in a position to fight with the other bottom-feeding teams of the league for one of those top three quarterbacks in the draft next year. So, yeah, that's, that's a good point. With that, yeah, speaking of, speaking of <laughs> teams that – seem like they've just kind of thrown in the towel and they're they're completely done um the dallas cowboys took a massive l on sunday night football i told you i didn't want to watch that game and i watched all of it and i wish i could get back those three hours that i wasted on that you were excited about that don't don't give me that shaking your head face jimmy you were like oh no this is gonna be great we're gonna be able to clown and go and it was just it wasn't even worth dogging them as much as I wanted to. So the Cowboys lost to the Eagles. What was that score? 23-9. Danucci did not look like he should even be a NFL quarterback. He threw the ball 40 times with 21 completions and had 180 yards. He threw the ball 40 times? He threw the ball 40 times and only hit it 180 yards. How many times did Zeke run the ball? 19. So Zeke had 19 carries for 63 yards, and of course the Cowboys couldn't score a touchdown. Right. Then we look at how bad the defense played. Uh, Danucci fumbled twice and lost both of them. Uh huh. Um, now the defense didn't play poorly because they got four turnovers off Wednesday. They did two interceptions, two fumbles, which shows you just how horrible the offense played in that game. Agreed. And so for that, let me let me, let me retract. I, I was wrong on that. Yes, the defense did do enough of their part, mm-hmm. and this goes even towards the Patriots situation. Mm-hmm. The offense needs to help the defense, and the defense needs to help the offense. The way that the offense helps the defense is by running long drives. The way the defense helps the offense is to take the ball away as soon as possible mm-hmm. or stop their drive so the offense can have long drives. Right. But you can't do it if no one believes your quarterback is worth it. <laughs> like, you can't. I sent I sent the, the, the video out just for kicks, but I feel like – Mike Nolan in this situation is literally Jim Brown from any given Sunday. Mm. We've got the third screen, third string quarterback who ain't gonna produce bleep, <laughs> and so we made this defense stupid enough. <laughs> you make it dumb enough. You make it stupid enough. We made this stuff real freaking simple, and that's what they're really playing. They're playing very simple defenses, but they're producing. But at the same time, they are playing the Eagles, and Carson Wentz has been garbage this entire year. This has not been a you good year for him. You know what's funny about Carson Wentz this season? Like, if you look at his stats, like let's say prior to this game, he's like the worst, best quarterback in a sense that we've 
that we've seen this season. Because yes. like fantasy-wise, he's been like top 10, which means he's putting up yards and he's scoring touchdowns and he's playing every game. But he's been the – and that's why numbers often don't tell the true story because when you watch him play, he does not look like a top – he doesn't look like a top 20 quarterback. And that showed in this game. So that's the thing. So he's had games of uh, 93 yards. He threw for uh, – I'm sorry, 193, mm-hmm. 258, 213, 359 last week. That was his big week. I think that's what propelled him into the top because yeah. of that big one with two touchdowns. Yeah. And then he threw for 123 yards <laughs> against the Cowboys. Just, the here we worst – we go. One of the worst defenses. I'm not sure what DVOA they are now, mm-hmm. but they're one of the worst defenses rated wise overall. But over the last two weeks, mm-hmm. they've done their part. So it's like, it seems like Mike Lonelin finally made some tweaks to his defense to get them to try to produce something. And now they don't have a quarterback because Dak is hurt and Dalton's hurt. To actually, well, hell, just Dak is hurt. I'm not even worried about Dalton no more. Yeah. Dak is hurt. They can't figure out how to produce anything on the offensive side. You can't have Zeke run the ball 20 times and not be able to pass it. All running games require some sort of over-the-top threat, some sort of ability. The reason why Tannehill has such a great year, not that Tannehill is a bad no shade, a bad quarterback, but no shade to him, but Tannehill in, in Miami really wasn't nothing to scream, to, scream about. You know what I'm saying? You wouldn't right. run home to right. have Tannehill as your starting quarterback. But when you put him back there with the top running back, in the lead, top yard gainer, people had to respect Derrick Henry so Tannehill was just be able to pick people apart. Dak was doing that. Zeke was doing his part. Then your defense was just giving up all the yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, that's, that's been like the historic problem with Dallas. I've actually seen film on this, how nothing ever works together at the same time. Yeah, okay. Like to where the defense is playing the way they should, so is the offense. They get the breaks. They have the coaching, which, I mean, if you look at Jason Garrett's tenure, then for that whole time, no matter how good the offense or defense truly was, they just did not and probably were not ever going to get over the hump. And that's the problem with him. It's like this season, everything, nothing has worked in a sense. This is the first season like this where absolutely nothing has worked. So it's kind of made me think about this precarious situation that Dallas is in with with Dak as far as whether or not to pay him. Mm. Given the way the situation looks, given that you were on the brink of potentially needing a rebuild to trade or sell off spare parts for more draft picks. They've already done some wheeling and dealing last week. Right. Dallas has. So it kind of makes me think, should they bring Dak back and pay him? Or given what their record is and how worse it's probably going to get, should they look to position themselves to draft one of the top three quarterbacks coming out next year? So what would you do? Like if you're don't put on like don't pretend like you're Jerry Jones, but just pretend like you're just the GM doing your job, taking an honest, objective look at this situation. What would you say to Jerry or to any owner in this situation? Do you want to have to rebuild your team for three years? Mm. That's your question. Mm. If you don't pay Dak and you draft one of these top quarterbacks, that's what you're going to be doing because your offensive line is not going to get any better unless you go find some players. Right. So to me, their smartest move is if they do tank it out for the year, Lyman, continue to build that. That's the one thing that Dallas has always done, and I've commended them and the Raiders over the years, is they've always focused on good line play. Mm-hmm. If you have a solid offensive line, if that's the foundation on the offense, and which the problem on the defensive side is they don't have, deep, they have pass rushers, basically, you have a solid line, the rest of it will work itself out. Mm-hmm. But they have to figure out the defensive side and a more creative coordinator in the future. I can give them props for this game, but they also played the Eagles. And like I said, Wentz has been terrible this year, so this is really tough for me to give them too many props. Mm-hmm. 
But at the same time, you need to get better line play. And your line has been hurt for all the season. It's not much you can do about it. Mm-hmm. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. So, all right, what we do every single Monday, the news. And now Jimmy has the news. Okay, yeah, man, they got to figure it out. Thank you, Wendy. All right, <laughs> RJ, so uh, mm, I can say this with a smile on my face. Uh, my San Francisco 49ers uh, continue to be even more depleted. Um, player after player, they lost starting quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo yesterday. He's going to be out for about six weeks, and you lose your all-pro tight end, so I think the best tight end in football, George Kittle, also yesterday to a broken bone in his foot, out eight weeks, probably out for the rest of the season, because by then they probably won't be in playoff position either. Um, so, Jay, what kind of uh, condolences would you offer to 49ers fans who have been through what they've been through and now are considering petitioning to the team to change the name from the San Francisco 49ers to the San Francisco 2020s? I'm sorry for jinxing y'all. I did say during our preview that you guys were going to definitely fall out of the playoffs and there was no chance of you making it. And ever since then, your team has fell apart. My bad. I said it too. I said it too. And you know what? I've got on my solo show this week, I've got a, a really interesting parallel between the 49ers and another team of professional sports that will go more in depth with this because this sort of thing just doesn't happen. This is not nothing. So I'm yeah. going to get more into that. But thank you for that. It doesn't make me feel any better. It should not be condolences business, but I You're welcome. your attempt. You're welcome. Yeah. Happens to all of us. All right, uh, up next. So Mike D'Antoni has found a home in Brooklyn. Joining the Nets staff under Steve Nash, whom he coached not too long ago, as well as Amari Stoudemire on staff and M.A.U. Dope, who's a longtime assistant, former player as well. So my question to you, Jay, is uh, what do you think about that as far as Mike D'Antoni joining the staff? I like it. I I, I like that. I I don't think D'Antoni – I feel like D'Antoni was – he came out a little too early for the era he should have been in. He should have been in in the run and shoot era yeah. of today, yeah. but he was at this point too old, and and his um his approach had already been seen enough to where people could figure him out. So I like to see that he's going to be underneath Nash, help him out, and help them try to figure out something in uh, Brooklyn. I said on my last solo that I thought that the Brooklyn Nets are going to be the most fascinating team to watch because they're two superstars, and this makes me even more you know, excited about them to see what kind of I – mean, we know what his system is, but to see that with these two you know, all-time greats in a certain respect, um, I think it's going to make them even more fun to watch, and they're going to own New York for the next three to five years. Yep. Um, however, is this their attempt to make this team into the Phoenix Nets? Since you have Nash, you have Stoudemire, yep. and Tony. Okay, hey, it's all fun. All fun for us. All right, lastly, um, question on your la- on your solo show. Did you mention Steven Silas, the new head no, coach? No, I did not. All right, you head coach of the Houston Rockets, Steven Silas, um, whose dad, Paul Silas, was also a coach. Uh, what do you think about this hire for the Houston Rockets? I love it. I love seeing that uh, even though Steven Silas didn't play in the league, um, I do le- like seeing um, him getting the opportunity. Supposedly, he's a bright kid, and everybody in, in – like some like he liked his development of, of guards that he was actually a coach around uh from Luca to Steph and uh it was Kimba. one more Kimba Kimba yep. yeah so 
Yeah, I mean, he's been getting hired around. He's been a long time an assistant, and yeah, let's I see mean, what happens. To me, this is like the perfect type of hire that any team can make. This is the prototype because you take, um, you know, obviously we need more more black coaches in the league, you know, right. in all professional sports. So you take a black coach who has NBA blood in terms of his father having been a coach as well. And player. Um, and a player, yeah. 20-year assistant under Rick Carlisle who won a championship. Steve Clifford was highly respected in the league. You mentioned the all-star guards that he's coached as well. Ivy League graduate. Yep. Well, with the Brown University, and they say he's even-tempered and likable. So, and he's 47 years old, so he's still a young man. So, you put all that together, it makes me wonder, why was this guy not hired years ago? Right. So, this is fantastic. I really love seeing this. Likewise. Yep. Is that it? It's news. And that was Jimmy with the news. Thank you, Bob. Yeah, that was, that was some good news right there. Not for us, not for the 49ers, but the rest of it was good news. The NBA news was good. The NFL news was terrible, and it's going to keep getting worse. Valid point. <laughs> All right, let's go into the next conversation to to have about what the heck is going on. Uh, I think this was probably the best game of the weekend to me, uh, the Steelers and the Ravens. The Ravens ended up losing uh, 28 to 24 at home where the Ravens were actually a four point favorite to win in this game, which means they'll be only a two point dog in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. It's quite impressive <laughs> to see um, that the Ravens are considered better than the Steelers and still have the best record right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lamar Jackson, 208, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and two fumbles. Uh, and um, just about any and everything you would imagine went wrong in that game went wrong in, in that way. So, Jimmy, in this one, who do you like to want to assign blame to since we're assigning blame today? <laughs> um, I am. Oh, God. I mean, to be consistent and to be fair, since that's what we try to be on this show. Right. If I'm going to get on Cam for his turnovers, I have to get on Lamar for his turnovers. Now, I think there are, there's light at the end of the tunnel because of, in terms of his turnovers, but I got to put it on Lamar. That's very uncharacteristic for him to mm-hmm. have two interceptions and two fumbles. Probably means that, yes, that Steelers defense is ferocious. I understand that. But he was probably trying to do a little too much. And this, honestly, 208 and two touchdowns, passing-wise, since this is probably his best game as a passer since week one. Because ever since then, he's had a really, really hard time throwing the ball for whatever reason. And I think part of that is because this happens a lot with running quarterbacks in order to save them from themselves. In a sense, what they'll do is try to turn them into pocket passers. And they don't understand that their ability to run is tied to their ability to pass, like their comfort level and just how it is within their rhythm in the flow of the game. They got to be able to have the green light to run whenever they want so that they can be able to feel comfortable passing whenever they want. So I think that there may be some of that going on. So uh, moving forward, yes, I do blame Lamar. But if you commit four turnovers, and your team only loses by four points against presumably the best team in the league record-wise, right? Because they don't have a loss. Yep. Then they're the only undefeated team. Yeah, the only undefeated team. So you have to feel really good about that. But four turnovers, that's not going to get it done against the elite teams like this or like the Kansas City Chiefs, which they are 0-2 against this season. So it's Lamar. Okay. Um, to be fair. Yeah. And uh, like you, like I said, that the whole purpose of the show is being fair. I, I assign the blame in this game to Lamar as well. Lamar has to produce better with 
without the turnovers. This is the same thing I got on to Josh Allen for in his games, and this is my concern for him, is that he is a turnover machine. Mm-hmm. Lamar has turned into a turnover machine so far this year. So, so far this season, he – well, shockingly, this is – two of the four picks he's thrown this entire year, mm. which can't come a turnover machine if he's only got four picks, 12, tu- tu- uh, 12 touchdowns. And he's got three fumbles this year, which two of them came in this game. So mm. he isn't a turnover machine. This is very much uncharacteristic of yep. him. And I think it is a more of a testament to how good the Steelers' defense is. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, most of the blame that I assign in this – is the offensive coordinator, Greg <laughs> Roman. I, I blame him for this. I blame him for not for the bad passes that Lamar made, for the lack of creativity to get his receivers moving around the field. It looks like there is issues in paradise. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like um, Hollywood Brown tweeted out something in regards to I got to find the tweet. Oh, but boy. he made a statement of, you know, it would be nice, I guess, if you could throw the ball or, or deep or oh, get the ball to us. So nope. um, I'm sensing that mm. – that, there is an issue when it comes to um, there's an issue to when it comes to schematically getting everybody involved like they're supposed to, and this is my this is my point behind that. Lamar had a decent game, decent overall. If you look at the numbers, he yeah. rushed for 65 yards, he threw for two or eight, and they only lost by four points right. with his four turnovers. Their defense was vicious the entire game. Mm. They were up 17-7 to seven at the end of the first half, and the Steelers' offense didn't score. They, they scored because of the pick six. Without that pick six, it's 17-0. That's right. If not, 24 to nothing. Mm. The, the Ravens, they didn't abandon the run this year, which I'm proud of them because they rushed for 265 yards. They were pounding it. They were getting it. The turnovers is what cost them the game. This was all on Lamar on that portion of it. But I think schematically, Mike Tomlin's defense was ready for him. Mm-hmm. He was ready for he was ready for the routes that they were going to run. But you can't stop a power run offense like this because they're just really good at running. So I'm blaming it more on Roman's creativity on the pass game. Mm-hmm. But but the biggest thing is Lamar Jackson can't turn. Lamar Jackson has to help his defense. Uh, that really pisses me off what you said about Hollywood Brown. I can't believe that he did that. You yeah, know, it's, it, it, it's it, starting to happen. As a yeah, as a second year receiver who hasn't become an elite receiver, you can't say things like that. And I know this is kind of a part of the psychological makeup of a lot of receivers who know they're really talented and who know that they can produce more. But I really hate that he said that. It's not to say that he doesn't have a point, because if you look at their offense, here's the tweet. Yes, what's the point of having soldiers when you never use them? <laughs> soldiers. <laughs> uh huh. That was the, that was his, and then he put in in, in parentheses never with exclamation points. Yep. He yep. wasn't very happy about his role. Okay, now so maybe he has a point because let's say you look at them in the Kansas City Chiefs. Each team has an All Pro tight end. Each team has a blazer, Hollywood Brown and Tyreek Hill. Each team has a reliable possession receiver, uh, like Sammy Watkins and. Um, Sneed actually has become that guy right now. Yeah, Sneed's become their Um, possession guy. You know, a stable of running backs, even though Kansas City has better running backs. And there's something I don't understand, too, and I bet this does happen. Why don't – I think this does happen, where offensive coordinators look at the offenses of other teams and then use – they don't necessarily adopt their scheme because that's personnel dependent or quarterback dependent, but use certain plays and maybe tweak it to where it's not – 100% 100% robbery, maybe like 75% robbery of that particular play. So he's kind of ha- he kind of has a point in the sense of you have all of these great offensive coordinators out there. The film is available for everybody, no right. matter who you are. So why don't you scheme up more 
creative opportunities in order to get people like me who has elite level speed open and in the end zone. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got a point. It's just the wrong format, the wrong medium. Uh, I know that that's part of what today's young NFL player does or just young professional athlete will do is air their feelings and their grievances out through social media, which I don't agree with. Yeah. But yeah, he may have a point or maybe that's to ignite a discussion somehow with his offensive coordinating staff. Right. And the, and the way the team plays, it's he is the burner. So you need yeah. to find ways to scheme and get into him. And against the Steelers, it's tough because that front four is solid enough so they can get enough pressure yeah. because one of the fumbles that um, that Lamar had, he was he stepped into the pocket to throw it yeah. and they strip sacked him from behind. Mm. I don't blame quarterbacks that much for the strip sacks. Uh, in that circumstance, when they move into the pocket to throw it upfield, yeah. because that's what you're supposed to do. That's right. the point of the pocket is to step in, feel the pressure, and launch it. And that's what he did. He mm-hmm. stepped forward, and then the defender came around his his lineman, which I th- actually I think that was after they lost Stanley, who yeah. they lost the ankle injury, which adds to the list of things that, oh, that's that not going bad. good. Yeah. But he stepped up to throw, and that's when he sacked. But the the running fumble was definitely on him. The pick six was stupid. You could it was telegraphed. Even though it's funny because I t- we talked about it in our group text. He didn't telegraph it, but he telegraphed it. Did you notice what he did? I didn't. He looked off the defender mm-hmm. and then tried to quickly throw it, and the defender didn't get looked off. Like he 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 followed his eyes, but he's like, "Oh, you're not going that direction." You know what that he is? He ran across film study. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he he basically tried to pull a Patrick Mahomes of a, uh, like a no-looker. <laughs> he looked him off, and then uh-huh. he went back real quick. But he did it the way you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Look the defender off, and then boom. But yeah. the defender, film study, Mike Tomlin and film study, the mm-hmm. thing that you you know is good coaching is when the defense can recognize he's got. I think he's got to run more. He's got to run more. That's the only way that he's going to feel comfortable with the pass game, and that's part of the only way that the pass game is going to open up more for him. I know we worry about him getting hit or getting injured, but I think at this point – Hasn't he proven that he can either avoid the big shot or for the ones that he gets that he can take it since he took it all last season and the four to five games before that that he started? I mean, you have this worried look on your face like you're John Harbaugh (laughs) that you don't want him running. You know, you don't want him to get level. But doesn't he have to in order to get the most out of him? It's not that. It's and you're you're. This is the problem. He ran it 16 times Uh last game. He's running it a lot. Mm. I don't. He don't need to run it twenty times in a game. The problem I saw is the um, they need to open up the playbook. Stop going so vanilla, especially against a team like the Steelers. Mm. They probably need to add more. Somebody had mentioned this on Twitter, and I and I thought this was quite fascinating. They were saying that this was the issue with Greg Roman with Kaepernick after the 49ers went to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Team started in the NFC Championship game against uh, uh, Seattle. They figured out what was going to come because Greg Roman was doing basically the same things. Last year, it was brand new, fresh, and it was easy for Lamar Jackson to deceive everybody on the field because they didn't know what was coming. Everybody's got a year of film. Like mm-hmm. you said, film mm-hmm. study. Now you got film stuff. You know what's going to come. You have an idea of what's coming next out of this team. And it doesn't seem like Roman prepared with new stuff. He only targeted. Um, uh, Hollywood twice in this game against the Steelers. You need to target him seven times. Mm-hmm. They probably do need to actually they need to throw the ball more. He threw it twenty eight times. He probably need to throw it thirty five, mm-hmm. just so the run game and the pass game can balance. Because they had the ball, they ran the ball forty seven times in this game, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. But that's part of their recipe for success, right? It is. Yeah. But that's the thing. He threw it twenty eight times that means they had 75 
plays mm-hmm. to the Steelers, 48. Wow. They ran out of plays. They ran out of <laughs> offensive plays. Like, legitimately, J.K. Dobbins had 15 carries for 113. Mm-hmm. Gus Edwards had 16 for 87. Mm-hmm. And then Lamar, 16 for 65. And then he threw the ball, 13 for 28. The completions were bad because the defense was prepared. But you know what? By that metric, it looks like both of the running backs and Lamar are running the ball well. Maybe they should have passed even less and then run the ball <laughs> even more. That's potentially, that's potentially one less interception or one less fumble. It could be, but you got to remember, these are the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. They're a lot smarter defensively yes. than most. They've always got a top 10 defense, yes. um, if not top 15 minimum. So we have to play respects to them and what they're doing on the field by actually, you know, mixing things up on 80-something plays. Right, right, right. So. Okay. That's, something, that's something interesting to look at with this Ravens team moving forward. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to start paying attention more to Me how too. many plays they run. Me too. Because it looks like their defense is doing their part. Like oh, yeah. I said, the offense got to help. But the offense is doing their part too. If you look at it, mm-hmm. 80-something okay, plays, so 85 so plays, so the, Steelers, the Steelers, which is four points better, and that's part of the reason why they're undefeated and why they are the Steelers with, you know, tied for the most Super Bowls in the history of the NFL. So, I mean, like I said, you chalk this up to, okay, I have four turnovers. I didn't play my best game, but we only lost by four points. We'll get them again. Yep. So let's look forward to that. The Ravens should be prepared for the next game. Yes. I expect the Ravens to win the next game by, by, by yeah. maybe two touchdowns. They're run it 60 times. Throw yep. 15. Actually, they're probably going to run it 47 times again, and they're right. going to pass it about 30 times. Yeah. And this time he'll actually complete passes because it'll make more sense. But, no, to get off of the, the soapbox, the, that's the key piece. The offense got to help the defense. And in this game, the offense helped the defense, but the turnovers cost them, especially at the end of right. the game. Don't right. do costly turnovers. So, Mobile phone companies say they offer home Internet. But if their Internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone Internet. Not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. NBA, you had some goofiness around free agency. I, I won't call it goofiness. Jimmy? To me, it's uh, it's interest and intrigue because um, since things got so wacky with COVID and the bubble and all that, we are very, very close to NBA. Isn't that going to be weird? NBA free agency probably around Thanksgiving or early December since the draft is November 18th, yep. all virtual draft. For the people. So, yeah, so I thought about, okay, you know, free agency is one of the best – NBA free agency is one of the best free agencies in professional sports. It is. So I took a look at the – we'll say the top eight free agents, most of, most of which are unrestricted, a few restricted. Okay. And I thought, okay – should they stay in the situation that they're in or should they look to go somewhere else, go to another franchise as any free agent, you know, reasonably is able to do. Okay. So that's my question to you with each one of these. Should they stay where they're at or should they go? Okay. Okay. Let's go. All right. So, and I'm going to rank them to me eight to one. All right. So number eight, let's see. We have Carmelo Anthony in Portland. Do you think that Carmelo should stay in Portland or should he go? He go ahead and stay. Mm-hmm. He's been able to prove himself, and I think he's found a home in the way Portland does. Hell, Portland tried to get him from New York, <laughs> and they told him that this would be a better situation for him. He forced his way out to Oklahoma City. He probably should have went to Portland from the beginning. They may have a better outcome. I think that they he meshes in that scenario a lot better. I think all that's correct, but I think he needs to go. Why? Oh, wow. Because he deserves to be on a contender. He deserves to fight for a ring. You don't think Portland has a chance? To no, be a not oh. in the West. No, I don't think that. I mean, they – 
They're not better than the Lakers. They're not better than the Clippers. They're not going to be better than Golden State. And they may not even be better than the Pelicans if they get their act together. No, they got Stan Van Gundy as a coach. Not a big Stan Van Gundy fan. But uh, the Nuggets are going to be there. The Phoenix Suns are up and coming. It's just too crowded. In the East, I would feel better about Portland, but not in the West. I mean, as great as Dame Lillard is, as good of a shooter as McCollum is, as much as I like Nurk, he'll be comfortable on that team. He'll be productive. He has a role. Everything you said was correct, but he deserves to be on a contender where he can get that ring that he has always deserved, but that has eluded him. Okay. So I say go. All right. Yep. What's next? Number seven, Goran Dragic. Did I say that right? Yeah, Goran Dragic. Dragic. Yep, Goran Dragic. Especially first off of his performance in the bubble and how different that finals would have been if he had been completely healthy for all those games. So should he stay in Miami or should he go? If he can stay, I'd stay. The Miami Heat will probably win the East next Correction. The Miami East will get close to winning the East next year. <laughs> um, they have a – the way that they're set up as a team – Keep that unit together, and Gordon is a, definitely a good piece for them on that side. I say stay. I say, I say if he goes to most other franchises, he would have to come off the bench, which at this stage in his career, because he's an older player, might benefit his body more, but I think that he will definitely get more of an – again, it's, just about, it's about fit. It's about comfort. It's about knowing that system. It's about the players around you. I mean, he is in as much of a comfortable fit as Carmelo is in Portland. So for that, I mean, I understand that, but I don't think Dragic – He's never been that superstar where he needs that ring in order to um, complement his legacy. Yeah, I mean, he's been a solid player, I think, but I think he definitely needs to stay in Miami. I don't think he's going to find what he's got there anywhere else, and he will regret it if he left. Makes sense. What's the number right. six? Number six, Danilo Gallinari from our hometown, Oklahoma City Thunder. Should he stay or should he go? Go ahead and leave. Mm-hmm. It looks like Oklahoma City's headed to a rebuild that we did not want them to have. <laughs> so since the rebuild looks like it's imminent, you may as well. Just roll out and go to a contender. There's a lot of contenders that can use a tall shooter, mm-hmm. and they will be able to put you in the rotation. Honestly, Miami's a very good landing spot. He may end up back with the Clippers because they are a legitimate contender again. Mm-hmm. Lakers could still use some help. There's so many places he could go. I'd say he need to leave. Um, absolutely. Go. I mean, he could position himself to get teams in a bidding war for his services. Yeah. Because he's the kind of player who can put you over the top. And everybody's going to be looking for that edge, like they always are in free agency, to get over the top. So if I'm sitting there, Miami wants me and the Clippers want me, I'm going to pit them against one another because either situation I end up in is going to be a championship contending situation. Yep. So he is one of he's positioned perfectly, probably more than just about any other free agent. Yeah, makes opinion. sense. All right. So number five, we have um, now NBA champion Dwight Howard. Should he stay in LA? Should he go? Stay. No reason to go anywhere else. Nobody, you, you've made a ton of money. You've had the max contract. Um, there's no real reason for you to go anywhere. Just, just remain a role player, stick around, and just be the guy. You don't, you don't have. You got a chip. If you have the opportunity to stay and contribute again, stay. Mm-hmm. I say go. I say go because mission accomplished in L.A. I won a championship. I was a really good teammate. I was healthy. I played good defense. I rebounded. So I have a championship, again, to help boost my, what many believe is a Hall of Fame resume. I mean, this makes it even better. So I say go. Go somewhere where you can get more touches and more money. He's got like 10 kids. So he's going to need the money. He's got the money. That's the thing. He's he's good on that. You always need more money. Mm, Valid point. You know, these got rich people get sued a lot. So, you know, he needs that to cover (laughs) his expenses. I say go where you can get more touches, get more money. What would be interesting is where would be the perfect landing spot for him, but that's for another show. Number four. This one's really interesting. Number four. Uh, Fred Van Vliet of the Toronto Raptors. Should he stay in Toronto or should he go? He should. Well, I got you there, huh? 
<laughs> he should he should stay. He should I think stay? it's the perfect scenario for him, and they're going to contend. They just got to add one more piece, and I think it's best for him to stick around where he's at. Mm-hmm. Mm. Go. I think he should go. I think that because of how clutch he is, how calm he is under pressure, I think he's earned the right to go and try to lead a team from the point guard position. Not saying he's going to be the best player on the team, but there are plenty of teams out there looking for point guards. Who, the ones who need him the worst probably can't afford him because both L.A. teams are going to need a point guard. Kawhi's already said to his franchise he wants a point guard. Yep. But Van Vliet, he can command much more money than what they're able to pay him. Maybe. So I think that he should he shouldn't go to just a trash team that can pay him a lot of money. I mean, he should go to a good situation that can build on top of itself and get the kind of money that he has earned. Because, I mean, a guy like Fred Van Vliet, he's not supposed to be in this position. He was never supposed to be here. He's supposed to be who Ron Baker was, right? Yeah. yeah Ron Baker. Yeah. Yeah, supposed to be who Fred Van Vliet was. Yeah. Some, something, like st- something like that. Yeah, you know, I, I still get those names confused. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so given that he's playing with house money in this regard, I think that he should definitely he should definitely go. I mean, the, the Raptors are going to be fine. They still have Kyle Lowry there to run the offense. Um, but, but, you I need like that, see but you need that backup, though. They need that consistent well, backup. You know, they ran them together a lot, actually. Yeah. You know, in a clutch. In, in clutch time when you yes. need to. Yeah. But you need to still be able to balance them yeah. as he'll, far as He'll probably defense. stay because, again, leaving the coach of the year, a city like Toronto, the team and that chemistry and the bonds that he's built, man, it's hard to leave a situation like it that. It is. So What's left? Pascal Siakam. All right, number three. This, now, this guy is restricted. Brandon Ingram of the Pelicans. Most improved player. All-star. Should he stay or should he go? Brandon Ingram? Yes. He's going to stay. They're not. They're going to match anything that's offered to him. So no matter what, if he tries to leave, they're going to pull him back. It's mm-hmm. good to have some foundational players, especially as the MIP. Mm-hmm. You, want, you need that. So I'd say he's going to stay. I say stay. I mean, just like uh, Zion, like I talked about with him, when he ended up in the perfect position instead of ending up somewhere like the New York Knicks, I mean, you have so much around you. You have Zion next to you. You have Lonzo Ball and Drew Holiday to run the offense. Well, Drew Holiday leads the team. Lonzo Ball can run the offense. You have Derek Favors who can do the rebounding and the defense in the paint. God, I don't like Stan Van Gundy as a coach. <laughs> I just don't. I'm not saying he's, he's a anti bad coach. Stan. I just feel like his this, the ceiling for his teams are even lower than for Alvin Gentry teams. And I know he led a team, the Whites, Orlando Magic, to the finals. Beard, mustache, just, bull. Anyway. God, I don't like Stan Van Gundy as a, as a head coach of my team. But despite that, I think he's in a really, really good situation to leave that. And you're right. They are going to match whatever offer is is given to him. Because they, after him, they really won't have to pay anybody until Zion Williamson is up. Yep. Yep. So I say stay. All right, number two. L.A. Clippers, Montrez Harrell, who I believe is unrestricted. Yep. Should Montrez, and I think you already have an answer for this, should he stay or should he go? Go. Leave now. <laughs> Just abandon ship. <laughs> You've already complained about the the situation around there already. What makes you think it's going to be any different? Now, Tyron Lue's going to be a different type of coach for them because he's actually running the ship now. Yes. He can start calling people out, which mm-hmm. is what Harold wants. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, do you believe that things are going to change with those stars today? That question is going to be is, will both of them still be there next year? And that's how you, that's how you got me in a box because I had it written down that he should stay. Because I said, where else are you going to find a Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? But right before you said that, I thought, wait a minute. They're positioned to be free agents after next season. Yep. So they may not even be there. So if he stayed and then they both flew the coop, he'd be there by himself. Lou Williams may not even be there. So yep. it's him and Pat Bev trying to take on the West. He can't put himself in that position. 
this hurts my championship pick of the Clippers next season, so I hope he stays for that reason. But you're right. Between Paul George's attitude and really the lack of commitment to that Clippers franchise that's built into their contracts purposefully, he probably should see the writing on the wall and go somewhere else. Just like Dwight Howard, what's more interesting is where is the perfect spot for him. It makes sense. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Last, last one. We'll have to get back to that last one. This person isn't a free agent necessarily, but um, it's oh, Giannis. Gosh. Giannis Antetokounmpo with one year left. In the sense of should he stay and play out this year with Milwaukee or should he pull the forced trade because I'm not going to stay here, Card? What would, what do you think Giannis should do? Should he stay in Milwaukee or should he leave? He's going to stay. He's mm-hmm. not going anywhere. He's going to fulfill his contract. He's going to see try to see it through. Mm-hmm. They're going to try to find him some help. They're going to probably trade Chris Middleton, even though I'm kind of sold <laughs> on him now. They're going to probably trade him or they're going to probably either him, Wesley Matthews, Eric Bledsoe. Somebody's going to get traded to go try to grab him an additional scorer. Mm-hmm. Um. Heck, they may make a trade with Philadelphia and start dumping in between each other. Uh, <laughs> right. Hell, Golden State, they can go after Wiggins. Wiggity split spots for Spiggity split to Wiggity. <laughs> Add him. Um, uh, that gives you a score that doesn't do anything else besides shoot. So, um, yeah, he's going to have to – he's, he's going to stick it out. I don't see him forcing the trade. I think he's going to go as a free agent and pull a Kevin Durant. But I see Milwaukee trading him before he asked them to trade him. Hmm. I know it makes it tough, right? Yeah, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna be more along the lines of Toronto, and play out this season. Hope for the best thereafter, because I think that they can say to him, "All right, we were number one in the West for a reason." Then COVID happened. East. Yeah, in, sorry, in the East, COVID happened. You got injured in the series against Miami. If not, we would have beat them. That's what you tell him. We yeah. would beat them, and we're gonna move heaven and earth, both before and during this upcoming season, to try to get better players around you because we feel like. We are right there. You're generational. We want to pay you the $250 million contract. We really, really do to make you the richest player contract-wise in the history of the league. So I think for those reasons, he, I think he will stay. I think he should stay. I don't think there's anything wrong with playing out your complete contract and then being able to be a free agent, you know, unfettered whatsoever. I mean, because you just like Kevin Durant did, you fulfilled your contractual obligation to the franchise, played all your seasons there. Now you can do whatever you want. Yes, I'm point. hoping he doesn't do what Kevin Durant did per se, but he's free to do that. So yeah. I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. So no need to force it. Good point. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. Yep, now we have another staple here for Unfair that we do every Monday as well. It's going to be the $7 Challenge! Jimmy's got questions. Which, let me ask you this, though, because you know how, how it comes to... Jay's got answers. Yeah, that was terrible. I, yeah, you did, I you did well. It's the $7 <laughs> challenge. Every single, Every single time. time. So, all right, Jimmy. This week's $7 challenge is going to be presented by Natural Light. Because we're going to be naturally light with quarterbacks in the NFL. Seems like everybody's losing their jobs and getting kicked around, but yes. I'm kind of curious to see if you actually know who the backup quarterbacks are for some of these teams. Okay. Got my seven names, seven players you should know. I wonder if you know where they are. Okay. I don't, ready? Let's go. Yeah. All right. So, first on the list, your boy, the flying Mike Glennons. <laughs> where is he located? Is he with the Raiders, 
Bears or the Jaguars? Uh, Jaguars. Correct. Did you just look that up? You sure did. No, because I saw he was in a contest with uh, Jake Luton, who I guess he's already lost the contest <laughs> for the somehow. And somehow this dude got made, got paid $14 million to be a backup. Well, $14 million by the Bears to come play there, and then was gone right after. Yep. I don't even want to argue that. Next up. Chase Daniel, financial plan. Former West Virginia quarterback, Will Greer. Where is he located? Is he in with the Houston Texans, the Carolina Panthers, or the Philadelphia Eagles? Oh, man. Whew. Um, crap, you got me in the box there because I know it's not the Eagles. He was drafted by the Panthers, but I think he may have been let go to be with the Texans. Let me see. Who are their quarterbacks? Teddy Bridgewater. Am I going to make sense for them to keep him? Oh, uh, you SOB. Um, crap. Texans? Incorrect. You got, me, you got me on the... He's with the Panthers. Yeah, thought it was a trap, but it wasn't a trap. Very exactly. Good. He's very behind PJ... Uh, was it? Walker. Uh, PJ uh, Walker. W- Watkins or something like that? Yeah, yeah. 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 Beard mustache. You know, anyway. Former Alabama quarterback A.J. McCarron. Where has he landed? Where has he landed? Is he with the Cincinnati Beagles, the Houston Texans, or the New York Giants? Oh, Texans. He's with the Texans, correct. (laughs) (laughs) Had to be somewhere, right? Yeah. All right, our old school favorite. I'm still surprised he's still in the league, though, but Matt Schaub. <laughs> Did he go back home to the Atlanta Falcons? Is he back with the Houston Texans, or is he running in the back with the New Orleans Saints? That's fossil. Um, Texans. In oh, that was, that was so stupid. Why would I say that? <laughs> I mean, yes, teams carry three, sometimes four quarterbacks. But see, I thought in the offseason he had gone back to a team that he played with, but I guess that was the, Fal- the Falcons. <laughs> Oh, that's, oh, that's so dumb. Oh, man, you had it. Oh. You were thinking right. You were. That's a fumble right before halftime on the three-yard line. It is. Dang. All right. Garrett Gilbert. <laughs> Where is he playing at? The Chiefs, the Eagles, or the Cowboys? He's a Cowboy. Correct. I know everybody's been asking for him already. Yep. Even though he's behind Danucci. I saw, yeah, I saw him on the sidelines yesterday looking like he didn't want to go in. Hey, yeah, he's like, no. Let line? No. <laughs> All right. Next quarterback, Blaine Gabbert Gabbert. Where is Blaine Gabbert playing Gabbert. at? Is he still in Tampa Bay with the Buccaneers? Moved to Cleveland Browns, or is he behind Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers? <laughs> I believe he is in Tampa, about to get a ring. Correct. He yes. is still in Tampa. You gotta win. Good job All right, there. Yeah. All right, last one. Let's see if you know this one. All Former right. Georgia quarterback Jacob Eason slash Washington quarterback. Is he with the Buffalo Bills? The Indianapolis Colts or the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm going to San Diego again. <laughs> uh, I know where he is. And one thing that stood out to me about him were the, uh, and I know you hate when this happens, the tweets that were unearthed of things that he had said. Wayback Machine. Wayback Machine. Wayback Machine. Um, but he is a Buffalo Bill. Incorrect. He's a Colt? He's a Colt. Who's I thinking of? Jake Fromm Damn. is the quarterback for <laughs> He's actually on my list. I was going to do him as a bonus. So, okay, so then I might be wrong. Maybe those quotes didn't come from Easton. Maybe they it wasn't. From. They were Jake Fromm. Okay. So when you said the Wayback Machine, I knew it's like, uh-oh, Damn. he's thinking of the wrong Georgia, former Georgia quarterback. Jake from State Fromm. Yeah. Yep, Jake from State Fromm. Uh, I missing that one. I oh, that man. Team. That was a good one, though. I thought he was going to get that, but you, yeah, you that won. Good. That was 4-3. You did, you did well. Yeah, I mean, at some point, we're going to see all of these quarterbacks suit up and start a game for their respective franchises anyway. This is very much true. Yeah. So, all right, let's put a bow on things, Jimmy. That's, that's, that's a perfect challenge. Four and three, is, to me, is the perfect challenge. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think that that hits us exactly where we need to go. So, yeah. 
But we did have some um, beef. Yes. What do we want to call it? Uh, it seems like it was more than that. Yeah, it was. It was uh, definitely some disrespect there. Uh huh. So okay. So yesterday you had the the Saints in Chicago to face the Bears, and I don't know what quarter it was, but a fight broke out between Bears wide receiver Javon Wims and defensive back for the Saints C.J. Gardner Johnson. Yep. Wherein uh, the most famous clip of this show that after a play, Wims uh, gingerly walks up to Gardner, attempts to snatch his chain. I'm still confused as to whether or not he actually did. Hits him in the face, punches him in the, the face helmet once, and then does it again even harder. And then that's when the melee broke out when people joined the fight. It was his big thing. Uh, Javon Wims has already been suspended for two games by the NFL. Yeah. Uh, just bloody nightmare, etc. And I've heard after this the reasons that each person gave for what happened. Javon okay. Wims, he said that he was spit upon by C.J. Gardner. That was his worst defense. C.J. Gardner denies this. However, video does show that C.J. Gardner not only at some point in the game ripped the mouthpiece from Javon Wims, but he also stuck his finger onto the face of Anthony Miller, another Bears wide receiver, in that this played a definite role in what had happened. So that's all that I've heard as far as why this fight occurred on the field in I mean this and this wasn't just any game this was the what, what Fox calls their game of the week this was Aikman and Buck their number one broadcasting team they were there so yeah. everybody was watching this game this was I mean, the game yeah, to watch Jabriz was in this game yep. so I'm hoping you can make tell me make some sense of what the hell happened in okay so this is what happened and we gotta give a special shout out to Evan uh, Sachs okay. uh, on Twitter you can follow him at Evan Sachs with two A's <laughs> and um, he kind of broke down exactly what happened with Chauncey Gardner uh, Johnson and uh, Javon Wims this is what started off so okay. you're right the initial portion of it was second half first possession second half they exchanged words mm-hmm. so CJ Rip the mouthpiece off Wims. And then, of course, it falls to the ground. And Wims is subbed out afterwards. So he couldn't retaliate the next play, mm-hmm. nor did he get a chance to grab his mouthpiece. Well, the next play, his mouthpiece is still on the ground. They had a delay a game penalty, pushed them back, and one of his and one of his linemen ended up throwing his mouthpiece out of the way. Because mm-hmm. it was it was out there. So Williams never got to – this basically started boiling up after a while. Then you had the situation where Chauncey did the same thing to Miller. He put his finger in his mouth, in his face, and he pulled his mouthpiece out <laughs> also. And because of that, so what What? What Williams did was Javon decided to go over. I thought he was attempting a chain snatch. I thought we had a, a, a Team Khalid situation yeah. with Krabby Patties. Yeah. No. He went to snatch his mouthpiece off as well oh. and retaliation. Okay. Didn't get all of it and decided to forget it. I'm just going to throw some haymakers. Okay. Plan B. <laughs> Plan B. And you have to be at the highest level of pissivity <laughs> to go about hitting a player with your bare fist or glove fist to their helmet. Mm-hmm. It was obvious he was hot. And so I was thinking about it. I did a little research on on CJDJ, CJGJ, which <laughs> I was trying to figure out if he is another Cortland Finnegan. Uh-huh. I remember Cortland Finnegan, right? I do. For the uninitiated, Cortland Finnegan was a corner um, that played uh, played college ball at Samford, very small school, but he spent most of his career with the Tennessee Titans. He is infamous 
for being a antagonizer is what he was basically really good for in starting fights. And he had the on-field incident where he got into a fight with Steve Smith. Um, he got into it with a guard with Chris Cooper, um, with the Broncos. Mm -hmm. And then the one that we all remember the most where he literally got into a physical fist fight with Andre Johnson, probably one of the quietest wide receivers in NFL history. Mm -hmm. Andre was just tired of him. Mm -hmm. It got to the point where he, Andre Johnson ran up on him and just wanted to start haymaking on his helmet. It was, it's the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. So I'm watching this. I'm like, okay, is this, this dude tried to snatch this man's chain. And then when I read the rest of him trying to snatch the mouthpiece, right. I felt like the chain would have been a lot more disrespectful and, and a way of, 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 of showing him who's boss because of how pissed <laughs> off he was. Because I mean, you think about it, you target only marks when it comes to chain snatching, you go right. after a guy that you know, ain't gonna retaliate. Like I wouldn't go after the wrong dude on the chain snatching because when you chain snatch somebody in the streets, that's disrespect. That means that you are trying to fight. That means somebody's got to die. That's like that's like old school westerners where you you know we're gonna have a duel mm -hmm. smack you with the you know like like, uh, like, like Charlie that. Murphy talked about I smack you with the duel yeah I smack you with my 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 a glove <laughs> we're gonna have a duel next thing you know we go outside somebody gets shot and killed right that's what it's like getting your chain snatched because because usually what happens afterwards is the person that does the snatching of said chain they have a tendency of selling said chain back to the snatchy. <laughs> and if you snatch, if you get your chain sold back to you after it being snatched, you are a mark. Right. And so I was wondering if this was one of those scenarios and it didn't end up look like it. It was more so him trying to snatch his mouthpiece just to get revenge, but still hilarious as hell that this dude was actually pissed off enough to start punching him. You know, tell me who this reminded me of. This reminded me of um, the fight that AJ Green and Jalen Ramsey had. Oh, you know, that's what it really makes. And like you said, quiet receiver, great receiver, quiet receiver, though. Just tired of the talking. Yeah. And sort of the same sounds like the same kind of antics from, you know, from the antagonist in this situation. And just like with A.J. Green, and I imagine the Andre Johnson with Corlin Finnegan fight was like this, but especially the A.J. Green, Jalen Ramsey fight. And with this, with what Javon Mims did to a CJGJ, as far as just out open field, broad daylight everybody's gonna see it you know it you know you're gonna get in trouble but it matters that much to you because you're that pissed off to do it anyway to me that sends a very clear message that if there was an offense that just went beyond sort of the usual get in your head type stuff that happens right. on the football field this was this was about manhood this was about you know something much deeper than that because not only was he getting him back for what he did to him but for what he did to his brother on the receiving core Anthony Miller yep. as well so when this happens like this when they don't wait till at least after the game or maybe trying to meet up somewhere in the tunnel game's over with where it can just be me and you or we don't have the pads on we can really really square up yeah like square two up. are supposed to parking lot yeah that he couldn't wait for that and he had time to think like I said he I say gingerly walked up to him but he had plenty of time to think about what he was doing and the implications of it but to him the whole way there, he's probably giving himself more reasons why this needed to happen this way. The funniest thing, though, of all of it, I'm looking at this video right now, is when CJ, is when Wims hit CJ GJ the first time. And he looked at him like, Did he just wait, hit me? he just hit me? What? what? And then he hit him again, and then they started scuffling out. Yeah. That's the, that's the, that's the look of a man that knew why he was hit. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, <laughs> shoot, I really got underneath this dude's skin. Mm -hmm. He really hit me. And then they started scruffling it out. That's what that told me. Because, I mean, 
All right, let me ask you this before yeah. we wrap things up. Do you think that the uh, punishment was excessive? Uh, two games for Wims. Um, no, I think it was actually a bit – they took it a little easy on him because I was <clears> thinking <throat> maybe three or four games for this. But like I said, the setting, open field, game of the week, Drew Brees is there, your number one broadcasting team, et cetera. It looks, it looks bad for your product. I get you. Uh, so two games, I think that's that's fair. I think to to get the message, but I honestly don't think that he should be the only one getting suspended because I mean, if there's video evidence to verify what CJGJ was doing, then maybe he deserves a game as well. Uh, he was just being he's doing a typical I mean, corner. There's antagonizing people. people. And such like he this. was antagonizing. That's what they do. That's that's like the role of the corner. They get underneath their skin. But to be honest, no, I don't. I think it was unfair. I don't think it was a fair fair sentencing. Yep. This is not common. This is not common for those these levels of suspension. So, so when Andre about? Johnson and Cortland Finnegan got got to that fight, twenty five thousand dollars fine. That's it. And guess what? It was I think it was on Monday Night Football. <laughs> no, it was Sunday Night Football. So yeah, I don't I don't think that. No, I'm sorry, it was Sunday afternoon. So, but I know it was on TV because I was watching that game. Mm. Now I don't I don't think that that was. I think it was excessive. Okay, so then so the fact that they gave him games sends a message not just to him but to his franchise that we don't want this as a part of our product. Yeah, we can find him 25K. He's probably not a highly paid player, so he might feel it a little bit as opposed to someone who's got a big contract, but they had to send a message. He's going to feel it even more. He's losing game checks now. Yes. So, oh, yeah. Yes. I, yeah. I, I, so, yeah, I, I think it's totally unfair. They should have just find the dude 25K, send him on his way. He should have planned better. He really should have planned better. Wait till after the game, like recently Jalen Ramsey and Golden Tate or well, that's different. They're going to see each other regardless because they're related <laughs> in, in, in theory. But, still, but they only got fine money. But they had I me. Mean, they had a full fight too. On the the problem was there wasn't good film on that fight. No, there's no good that's film. I'm problem. so pissed off about that. I, I, I just want to see it. it. I just want to see it. It looked like an even matchup. I really wanted to see. Oh that, heck, but, yeah, you know, it'd be good. But uh, size wise, yeah, they're about the same. Yeah, he's he's got to plan better. I mean, this is going to happen again. Somebody now that they know he can be gotten like this, so he's just got to plan better. That's all. I can see that. All Sweet. Right. All right, any room floor? What you got? Room. Okay, we didn't make it into the show. Let's see. NBA trade rumor: Jay uh, James Harden straight up for Ben Simmons. Would you do it or not? No, that's just dumb. Why is that dumb? Rebuilding in Houston with who? You got a team full of guys that can't shoot with a guy with with, with a guy that can't that won't shoot. <laughs> That's a good, I mean, I liked it because I mean, I'm a Ben Simmons fan, and I like I do like watching Harden play sometimes when he doesn't dribble the air out of the ball, which is pretty much every game. Who's gonna get but them a bucket, Jimmy? I well, I, I would like this move for this might work a little better with Joel Embiid. But you're right, Simmons can't shoot. Russell Westbrook doesn't really shoot well. Simmons doesn't shoot. Russell Westbrook Russell doesn't shoot well. Yeah. Um, I don't Simmons know. won't shoot. You know yeah. Maybe it depends on what Steven Silas' system is going to be like. I know we're in the three ball era, but what if his is more mid range into the basket as opposed to knocking down threes? Also, Russ play? can thrive. Yeah, that would be that would be smart. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. All right. Next, Anderson Silva, uh, one of the greats of UFC, uh, lost about to Uriah Hall. I think it was the third round TKO. Um, some speculate this is going to be his last UFC fight. This is what Dana White, the commissioner, wants. Uh, Silva hasn't said whether or not he's going to completely retire from mixed martial arts in any fashion. But what do you think he should do? Hang it up or keep going? No, I think he should hang it up. I mean, after watching him snap his leg on somebody else's leg, that told me that I, I you should retire at that point. 
Your body's just ready yeah. to not do this anymore. Even that couldn't kill his career. He's had, what, three or four fights since He then? has. And I'm, I can't watch any of his fights because I'm scared. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm so scared. That was traumatic. All right. Uh, lastly, so Tua Tagovailoa, we didn't get to this in the show, had his first start for the Dolphins. Uh, win 28-17 to over the Rams in Miami. Uh, Tua was 12 of 22 for 93 yards. One touchdown. Uh, did lose a fumble. But overall, uh, what letter grade would you give him in his performance? Who? Tua Tagovailoa. C plus. He was he looked like he was calm and comfortable. That strip sack was bad. <laughs> I felt bad for him going up against that defensive line in his first game, even though his defense showed out. Yeah. Ooh, that strip sack, boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I give him a C. Any quarterback, if you win in the game, you at least get a C. Uh, didn't really throw for much. Has zero picks. I give him an upgrade for that. The one lost fumble. I mean, you're going up against a defensive line led by Aaron Donald, who I think caused the strip sack. Yep. So I'll I'll let that go. He's a monster. So overall, I give him a solid C. Uh, I do want to see him throw the ball more, obviously. But first game, I want to give him about six or seven games to really get in there and get warmed up to really see what he's more of what he's going to look like. And I think his franchise does too. I can totally dig it. Well, that it is it. We appreciate y'all joining us as usual here on Unfair. Please. Check us out wherever podcasts are downloaded and listen to. And make sure when you do that, rate us and review us and give us five stars. You think we deserve it? Just give us five anyway. So for Mike, Bob, and Wendy, thank you so much for sticking it out with us in these uh, trying times. From a co-host, Jimmy, check out a solo show. He's going to try to redeem us on the Frozen Five. I didn't want to talk about it this week. It was so bad. He can talk about it on his solo show how bad I was. It's just been bad. It's just been a bad year. COVID 2020. It's just 2020. So. Make sure you hit us up on the Unfair Fan Line, 430-901-1906. Again, 430-901-1906. Leave us a message, and you might end up on the show. So, outside of that, we'll chop it up with you guys in a few days. Peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.